0: What's up, Confluencers? Welcome back. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Holidays. Season's Greetings. And all of that jazz. No Bah humbugs or Grinches that stole Christmas in these parts. They have to go reside somewhere else because I'm living right here. And Christmas is all about love. I'm offering up cups of good cheer, some good old eggnog, and a whole lot of laughter. Why? Because this is episode number 17. I'm happy to be here, and thank you for tuning in. When I tell you it doesn't feel like Christmas in the Bayou City, it does not feel like Christmas, child. It was a nice 61 degrees today. And when I walked out in my backyard and smelled barbecue grilling, I was like, Where is Christmas? December, come out, come out wherever you are. I am used to December and Christmas Day being bone chillingly cold. Like, go start the car for five minutes before you get in cold. But regardless of the weather, I was in Christmas spirit. I gave a lot of love this year, honey, because love is free. But to those that I did give gifts to, I put a lot of thoughtfulness in them. You know how they pray at church and say, God bless those that desire to give and didn't have it. Yeah, that was me this year. That was me big time. The Lord knows my heart. And I looked at my bank account. My bank account said, girl, don't even try, child. So I thought, okay, how can I give a gift? Because I am such a gift giver. That's actually one of my love languages. And I thought about your hobby or what you needed the most. And then I worked from there. And then I pondered on last week's episode with Choice Spy, And I thought about how we put so much pressure around gifts. Yes, Troy and I talked about gifts for your mate. But then I really gave it some thought. And I, I think we put pressure on gifts for our friends as well. We focus on what it should look like. But my bank account focused on it. On what it is and what it can't be. As I mature in age, I'm learning that Christmas is not, it's definitely not about the gifts that we search high and low for. It's about the items that you cannot buy in the store. In the words of Troy Spry, the best gift that you can give, not just your mate, but anybody, is a healthy relationship. Help me, Lord, today. Help, Lord, today. Well, it is officially Capricorn season. And I turned 40 this week. I've been talking about it so much. Masterpiece revealed, honey. It is revealed. Not sure when it happened. But I'm pretty sure it was Monday. While I parted like I was 21. I felt it the next day. My knees were aching the next morning. And I was sore from dancing. So hard. And on my actual birthday, I found myself going to bed at 10 o'clock. They say Capricorns are thought to age backwards. And I guess that's why I was trying to close down every establishment in town starting from Friday. But clearly, this is a process in the making. And I didn't think that it was happening. But the aging process, honey, is upon me. I've been anticipating this moment for the last six months. And the day before I got here, I had an anxiety attack. I literally had to tell myself to breathe. And whatever that was going through this pretty little head of mine, because I was at the beauty shop getting curled up, that it was going to be all right. But the number one compliment that I received yesterday was... I don't look 40. So, one thing why I don't look 40 is because I don't worry much. Because the Bible tells us to worry about nothing. And so, I had to talk to myself and speak over myself. And whatever that I was about to embark upon, God went before me and He has it. And He's going to work that thing out. Whatever that was bothering me, be not dismayed for whatever betides. That I know for a fact in these 40 years, I know that God has and he will continue to take care of me. But the number one compliment that I received is, you don't look 40. And child, I definitely feel it. My bounce back game ain't what it used to be. I got more wrinkles and more cellulite, more grades. I and, mean, honey, these grades are starting to get in these eyebrows, child. Honey, I've been at the eyebrows on real good. But most of all, I've gained a whole lot more wisdom. And, like, the wisdom has come up on me within the last few weeks, I would say. And I'm going to talk about the wisdom that I've learned today in this episode. As I told you before, the next time you hear from me, I will be a year older, wiser, bolder, and stronger. And I want to say thank you, honestly, from the bottom of my heart for the birthday love. The love was so real on yesterday. I didn't know that people felt that way about me. And to see it displayed in such a way was mind-boggling, to say the least. Like, I really wake up in the morning and try to be good to people. And my friend, Crystal, shout out to Crystal. You know, that's my Sarah. When she sent me a birthday text and she said she was moved, how her timeline was lit up with the birthday love for me. And I was like, I was floored too. Because all I really, I just try to be good to people in every capacity, in every way. And if I haven't been... I need to apologize to you because what I really want people to see is the God in me. When people say that I sparkle and I shine, it's that you see God in me. I don't do anything but go to bed. I don't even really wash my makeup off at night. I wake up and do my regimen in the morning just lazy. But what people see is that God lives and he resides in me. And I think sometimes we get that, you know, that you're supposed to be holy roller when he does it. One thing I know is that God came to say, people like me, the imperfect, I am far from it. And in my 40 years, I've had a lot of lessons because I've made some mistakes. And then I always say, I've had some regrets too, but regrets are the sure sign that you've made a mistake. And child, I've had some of those too. And that's what I'm going to talk about. There's no special guest this week. It's just me keeping it 100 So as an old to turning 40, I thought i will share some things that I've learned in the 40 years. Now, if I could write a letter to my 30-year-old self, it would say, Girl, around, yeah, 30. 30 exactly. Don't do it. Run. Run, girl. My 30-year-old self would be like, you, you, girl, you know, if you watch boomerang, you know it the same I'm talking about, you girl, oh, girl. But, you know, it was lessons in that experience as well. And if I didn't go through that marriage, I am pretty sure it wouldn't be a from the floors to the forest. And if it wasn't from a floors to the forest, it wouldn't be a motivational speaker. So everything happens for a reason. I actually needed to go through that season in order for me to be born. I mean, this process was birthed from pain, but through that pain, I found my purpose. So, you know, I write back to that 30 year old girl and say, I needed that. And sometimes that's what I'm realizing. We need a lot of things that we actually go through. It grounds us, it gives us purpose, it puts us on the right path, and we find directions. You know, it's very rare when I travel that, you know, it's not a hiccup, but all of it comes together and it doesn't like negate the fact that I had a beautiful trip, you know, so this has been a journey and I needed that to come before you today, how I am. So here goes. This podcast is about the lessons that I've learned while growing to 40. The first lesson at 40 on Monday, Sunday, was to let go of the damn expectations. Expectations build unrealistic thoughts and ideas. Sometimes you just have to go... With the flow. Let go and let God. Sometimes it's not a plan. Sometimes it works itself out right in the middle of it. So, long story short, we didn't have plans. We like, okay, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm just gonna get dressed and I'm gonna go Vick Okay, yeah. I'll meet you at Vicky Anthony's. Alright, cool. Get the Vicky Anthony's and it just transpired into a fun night that I will never regret because I let go I just went with the flow and had the best time of my life when I tell you 40 doesn't owe me anything it don't even owe me the dirty change at the bottom of my Louis okay when I tell you it was tart and I was right there tart with the rest of the 40 and 50 year olds that was me And sometimes we just have to let go of the expectations because they're so, you know, planned out and so rigid that you don't even give yourself room to have fun. I've learned that God doesn't give us what we want, but he gives us what we need. Every single time. And I. Although it may seem like it in the moment, we may get frustrated and angry, but in the end, it's always what we need to grow. And I've also learned not to cry over spilled milk. Me crying is not going to fix it. Yeah, I might feel better, but then what? What comes next? What is the next thing that I need to do? Oh, maybe learn a lesson and move on. But don't stay stuck in that past. It's a sure way to live the most unfulfilled and immobilized life when you stay stuck in a place and you don't want to grow. For instance, when I found out I was pregnant with Gavin, I was 24 years old. Lord, the decade of my 20s. I was unmarried. And unashamed of having a baby out of wedlock. But God, oh my God. When he speaks to me, he's the most gentle man. When he speaks to me, when I have get into a place to listen. See, God had to sit me down. You just don't know. I, I, that's all I'm going to just tell you. You just don't know. Don't let social media fool you like I got it going on. And that my life is perfect. Uh, I'm going to hit you with a hell now, Alex, for 200, please. But God had to sit me down. And he knew, he knew exactly, exactly when to add that into my life. He knew that I needed direction. He knew that I needed someone to love me and I needed someone to love. Side note, I realized that part of the reason why I didn't want to have a baby was because I didn't know how it was going to work out. Just like the other day in the beauty shop, I didn't know how it was going to work out. So my anxiety attacks come when I try to figure everything out before it happens. Then, hmm, it hits me. That ain't my job either. Listen, I don't know how I was able to have a baby, drive a car, have a place over our head, go to New York, go to Spain. I, Listen, I lived. I I started living my life and I was making $26,000. You can't tell me that there is not a God. $26,000 when I had Gavin. 26. And we didn't miss a beat. I didn't miss a meal. You know, he had everything that he needed. I had everything I needed. And I suffered from a lot of my wants. But you just heard me say that I traveled, I saw the world, I was able to still do. Because when you turn it over, you can't you can't worry about it. Can't cry about the spoiled milk. When you turn it over, he knows exactly what to do. And so with that being said, he gave me my son. He knew I needed to be settled in my spirit. He knew that I even needed a man child, and he knew that it was the perfect time. So, he gives us what we need. Another lesson is um, in my forty years, is that being a parent is the scariest thing that I've ever had to do in my entire life. Right? Um, Gavin knows mommy. Mommy. As he got me well used to now, these are little people that God gives us like it's you know people think it's easy to get pregnant, actually, it's really hard, right, like when you think about the egg and the sperm having the meat and how many hours like it it's a perfect timing, right, and so he decided to let that happen in my body and in my life, and so you know when he grants you. The deepest desires of your heart. Let me say that too. That was a deep desire. I wanted to be a mom. I just forgot to tell the Lord when. But see, he always, like I say, he knows better. So I am responsible for this little person. And I am praying that they will grow and to become a good citizen and contribute to society in a positive way. And I've got to make sure that he's being raised the right way. That's a lot of pressure. And being a parent is a big undertaking. Oh, my God. Especially in this day and age, because the tools that these children have and what I had growing up from 1980 to 1997, when I moved out my house, like the first two years don't count. But, you know, when you start going to daycare, you start getting influences at like early And so to raise a kid to not being able to like to to be able to drown out the noise that you are perfectly and wonderfully made. You are my boy joy. You are the light of my life. You got to pour into your children and affirm them. So this is like a scary job, but I love it. But it is a huge undertaking. And so that's a lesson that I've learned. Um, I've learned that you must know what you need. And to give it to yourself whenever possible. That means you eat when you're hungry. Sleep when you're tired. And regardless of what that clock says. If it says it's time to go to bed. It's time to make a move. It's time you listen to your body and when you listen to your body, good things happen to you and for you. I learned that there's a difference between rest and sleep. See, I can go to bed at 1.30 in the morning, wake up at 5.50 and not be sleepy because I've rested. And I've also experienced I can go to bed at 9 and wake up at 6 and still be sleepy. Because I've tossed and turned all night. And that my brain didn't shut down. And you know it's always. The rest is important. Because you don't want to be weary. And well doing. And so it's important that we understand. That there's a difference in I've learned that in these last years. I don't even want to call them trying years. I've learned it. That like when I go to bed with it on my mind and I go take it to sleep, I'm not getting any rest. And that's what makes people look old. Old as shit. Like why you look 70 and you 42? You know what I'm saying? Because they're not getting that rest, that proper rest that they need. Um listen listen to me when I say this because I do want to get married again but I've learned that an extravagant wedding is overrated you know that cliche that says if I knew then what I know now yeah that's me I would have $20,000 plus in my savings but Again, that was part of the experience That was part of the book title Because I was more concerned about the florist Than being in the forest I asked more questions to the florist Like, are we flying these in from Brazil? Are the nosegays fresh? I had plenty of questions But yet to present those same type of in- intriguing questions To my ex-husband But was it a beautiful day? Very beautiful day. Was it a beautiful marriage? Again, I'm going to have to go with a hell nah, Alex, for 500. But again, it was a part of my journey. And um, an important part of my journey. So, But I know that you can get married without going over the top and this next time, I want a beautiful marriage and a budget-friendly wedding. Um, Another thing that I learned that's so important that I think we take for granted is travel. You know, I'm leaving for Paris tomorrow. Whoop, whoop. And I'm excited about it. I'm nervous, too. I'm not going to lie and tell you that I'm not nervous. I'm beyond nervous but it is so important to travel travel, travel some more, travel over the rainbow travel through the woods, to grandma's house see the world and elevate yourself higher than your city not your but yo, your, your city you learn so much about yourself when you step out your comfort zone I've gone to Mexico I've gone to Europe um I've gone to at least 30 of the 50 states. And it is good to explore new places, new things, try different food, meet new people. It's important. So travel is so important for me. And that's a a lesson that I hope that I'm actually passing down to my son. Um, I've also learned that it's okay to say no. No is a complete sentence. It's an answer. A whole answer. And don't ask me again. It's okay to say no. Hell no. Mm-mm. Not today. Not today, Satan. To others and to yourself. Cause sometimes we give ourselves limiting behaviors and doubts. And sometimes you gotta tell yourself, mm mm, not today. Uh uh-uh, uh. No way. Charlie, you gotta stop you gotta breathe and not go there. i learned that me time is wonderful and that you can be unapologetic about it it's okay to get a great massage a glass of wine jam out to a favorite ratchet song a good workout and a great treat treat yourself because sometimes people don't see your worth and stop waiting for others to see your worth treat yourself love on yourself be one with yourself be authentic with yourself quit lying to yourself and again listen i'm gonna be real honest with this one it's okay to have you some good sex it is it's it's necessary if you're going celibate praise the Lord hallelujah and I'm not knocking you but if you are in a monogamous relationship it's okay to have some good sex sex is important for a relationship to flourish particularly in a marriage and that's a good podcast and I'm going to stick a pen in it right there. But sometimes it's women because a lot of us are married and a lot of us are dating again and single or dating exclusively. And we use sex as a tool to get him to act right. Mm See, real women know that sex is about you. Yes, yeah, good for your mate, too. But you got to get what you need out of it. If not, y'all in here just the humping and going up and down. Like, that's a good podcast. That's a good... I'm going to stick a pen in it. But that's a good lesson that I learned. And I'm just speaking from experience that it's okay to have good sex. Give yourself permission. But don't use it as a weapon to hold over your mate's head. You need to get that out for you too, honey. Whether you know this or not. Um... I hope that wasn't too real. I just got to keep it 100. I also learned that you can hand back invitations to people's pity party. Mm. Listen, sometimes I just don't want to go to your pity party. And when they start with the woe is me moment, and we all have those and everybody's entitled to those moments. But when you start to infringe on people's um spirit because they're not understanding you well they can't understand you because you are the one that's in it all i can do is be a listening ear and maybe even a sounding board but i really can't offer advice because i notice when you start offering people advice they start you don't get me you don't understand what so you just hold that phone you hold that phone and you can actually put it on mute and then they say, you hear me? You hit mute again and you say, yeah, girl, I'm listening. But you don't have to go to people's pity parties. And you could just hold that phone and say, not today, say no. You could look at that phone when it's ringing and say, I can't do it. I can't do it right now and I can't do it today. And that's okay, too. Um. Understand what I'm saying when I say this. This one is really sincere when I say this. I've never been afraid of anything. But when I got. Done. With the divorce process. It stripped me. Of. What I thought was my confidence or my wings. I've been climbing this mountain, trudging up this mountain. And when I reached the pinnacle of this is it, I felt like I was standing there because as women, sometimes we're like, it ain't fair. He already found somebody. He's already in another relationship. It's not fair. It's not fair. Again, I was having my own pity party. And then something dawned on me. Like, okay, well, you could turn around and go back down this mountain. But then all the work that you've done has been in vain. Or you could take a deep breath and soar. And I never knew. I thought my wings were clipped. But I never knew that my I had wings to fly until I reached that edge. And not only did my wings, a, a new set of wings grow. I actually soared. This has been a lovely process. And so... With what I'm trying to say to you is that sometimes you just have to take the leap of faith and build your wings on the way down I'd be damned if I was turning back around and go back down to that valley that I had climbed to get myself out of why? why do that to myself? you know and what it's not even about him it's all about you and so I just stood there, like, metaphorically. I stood there, and I was like, okay, well, now, what I'm going to do? Who is going to love me? Who going to do me? <laughs> now, great, I'm a mother, and I'm a divorcee. And I'm like, okay, this ain't you. You not even made from this type of, you know, roots. I mean, this ain't even in you. I mean, you you actually, boo, you from a family of divorced women. I know you not going to do this. And so I had to take that leap of faith, believe in myself, and build my wings on the way down. And baby, that, that updraft picked me up. Honey, and I've been soaring every since. And that's been a great lesson for me to learn. Um... I've learned that people will project their problems on you if you let them. That's your relationship. That's your marriage. That's your situation. Again, it's okay to listen. But when you start taking it in and soaking it in, you'll notice that those problems will start infiltrating your life. And then you'll find yourself coming in and Going off on your man because your friend man did this. Are you like that too? Oh, man, listen. You better leave that in the car, girlfriend. When you hang up and say I'm about to go into the house, let me call you later. Because nobody is the same. We're like fingerprints. Everybody's different. Everybody is different. And so don't project their problems into your life because it's easy cuz we love our friends and we want to see you know everybody do great so why is he messing up like he don't know either right and so we just have to learn to separate ourselves and put those boundaries up so you don't take that into your own personal life and create problems that don't even exist but last and certainly not least, I've learned to love the haters. We all have naysayers, daughters, and haters that like to come in our life and tell us what we can't do and what we're not good at. And their words can hurt us. See, like I say, you know, whoever says sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may not. That is a lie. Words. Ooh, Jesus! They can hurt and they can cut deep. That cut deep. The Bible tells us that our tongue is a double-edged sword, and sometimes our words haunt us and they tickle our insecurities. See, that's the big thing. When they start tickling our insecurities, that's when they, That's when it. They start festering up. When you realize, oh, you ain't over this like you thought you was. Oh, you thought you was healed, girl. Uh-uh. Nah, ma'am. Uh-uh. Nah, you not. And the important thing in life is to take from it, learn from it, but never, 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 never let it stop you. Haters and doubters can often make us want to quit and even question God's plan for our life. Not our plan, God's plan. Because, see, some of us have a career, but a lot of us have a calling and this is a calling on my life. Oh, my God. I wish I could tell you, you know, the things that people have told me about, you know, my post or my books or, you know, I ain't living like this. So how I'm going to tell somebody, you don't know what I'm living like. Okay. So really, is that coming from others or is that really coming from you? But anyway, mm, see, everybody love you until you become competition. Let me just, oh, that was good to my soul. Everybody loves you until you become competition. But anyway, haters will make you question God's plan for your whole entire life. And I'm only speaking this from experience. But what I can tell you is just continue to work hard and prove them wrong. Success comes from what you love and working at it daily my podcast listen it might not sound the best but i'm giving it my best and one day i will have a studio because see this is a desire of my heart god gave me the gift of gab he gave me the gift of speaking with conviction i do it every day with elementary school children if i can capture 51 children attention every day and never lose them what can I do to an audience of 50,000? Huh? See, a child is hard to capture. And if you could capture a child and elevate them to believe in themselves and not see what the world see, but to see beyond that, this is a gift. This is a calling on my life. And so not only do I work at podcasts or books, or I work on speeches daily oh that'll be a good topic oh let me write that down in my phone oh let me record this live my car becomes a studio some days i talk all an idea out so work at it daily listen to the critics though because there's much to be learned but you always you follow your heart and trust your instincts At gut instinct, that sixth sense that God gives us that he doesn't give anybody else, ladies. See, you can have influence over people's lives if you follow your gut instincts because people see that you're following your heart and you're listening to your inner beast and your inner spirit. But most of all, remember who those hateful words come from. And if it's a hating, I almost cussed. See, I'm working on that for 2019. My mom listens and she gave me, see, my mom was a critic. My mom said, you never know who is listening. She listened to one episode and she said the episode was really good. Was it, mom? Yeah, it really was. But one thing I want you to do is work on the cussing. You never know who's listening. I know you're expressing yourself, but hey, you can express yourself. Without using vulgar language And when she said that I was kind of like salty about it at first Because like my podcasts Don't have FCC rules Like you know I, I'm, I'm trying to keep it round away But I don't think Me limiting Because I haven't completely stopped You know Using vulgarity Has diluted the podcast So I think That it allows me to Come from a place of realness. And really process what I'm thinking. And so thank you mom for being a critic. You know and giving me advice. That can take me further. So listen to the critics. But continue to follow. Your heart. Love. Is the greatest lesson. Of all. Give it a try. Try Jesus. Because first. He loves us the most. He forgives. He heals. He restores. He rejuvenates. Thank you, God. Mm. He restores your soul. He restores your soul. I've been down. Ladies of Confluence, I've been down. So low. So low. I really didn't see how I was going to make my way out. But love truly lifted me. His love. His undeniable love. His unspeakable love. Give it a try. I came to Him weary, worn, and sad. And I truly, I truly found a resting place in Him. When people look at me, they see Christ. I know they do. I welcome them in my heart. And it has made all the difference in the world. It's made every difference in the world. He healed me. He continued to work on me. He's perfecting me. He's going to continue to perfect me. We will never be perfect. And I'm okay with that. But through his healing, he was able to send me the love of my life. And so give love and try The other lesson I learned is Everything starts with you Let it begin with you Let it start with you You can't expect for someone else to do something And you're not doing it in return Once you do the work Do the work Continue to love, continue to pray, continue to push. Do the work and people will see the effort and they will try to match your effort with theirs and watch it grow, watch it culminate and grow together. Mm. Do the work. Well, it's been real. I done bust out in tears talking about love because really love is the greatest of them all. Faith, hope, and love. But love, it it never fails. It prevails. It triumphs. You know, gay people like to say it wins, but it, it does win. It would never fail. And so I think, speaking of love, I think I'm going to love this new chapter. Love this new season that I am in. Well, I'm going to ask you to continue to pray for me as this masterpiece is unfolding. And I'm getting ready to lift off to go to the City of Lights. To Gay Paris. Oh, my chérie Bonjour. Au revoir, shari. Listen, I'm trying to learn a little bit of the language. But lift me up in prayer. And I will come to you next week with thoughts about Paris. I'm so excited about it. Going to the fashion capital of the world. And what you don't know about me is that I actually got voted best dressed. It was some drama behind that, too. But I was voted best dressed of my high school and my senior class in my senior year. And so I've been wanting to go to Paris a long time to see what the hype is all about. So. Pray with me. Pray for me as I journey across the pond. Until next week, you be blessed and a blessing to others. Smooches, love you, ladies of Confluence. Follow me on social media at Charlie Mercole hashtag ConfluenceMe and Confluence the Lifestyle. See you next week.